Hey, it's Ella and Daddy, and you're listening to the Not Me But You podcast, where our goal is to speak out the truth of the Bible so that our listeners may be encouraged to live in a manner worthy of their calling. Together, we pray that God would use this episode to strengthen and guide you on your faith journey. Without further ado, enjoy the show. guys, welcome back to another episode. Today we are going to be talking about God's love and God's wrath and how those two traits that seem very, very opposite are both of God's character traits. And a lot of times we think the God in the Old Testament is a wrathful God and the God in the New Testament is a loving God. But that's really not the case. So we're going to kind of dive in today how God can be equally loving and equally wrathful so that being said yeah I just wanted to I'm popping in here Ella so I wanted to also give you guys a little bit of the backstory behind this episode um so me and Ella were originally going to do an episode on things we were confused at as a new Christian or like things we didn't understand and this was actually one on the list of okay so how can God be angry and wrathful and also be loving at the same time like it doesn't make sense and so we were going to talk about that and so we started um, creating the outline everything and lo and behold two pages later we're like okay maybe we should just do a whole episode on this so mm-hmm. this episode is brought to you by two pages of mind junk that me and Ella <laughs> just threw out there mind junk mind junk but <laughs> hopefully we feel that like God is leading us to talk about this not that we're super smart, but... Right, right. God has definitely answered our prayers and shown us that we need to devote an entire episode to this. So, here we are. Here we are. Jumping back in. Um, before, like, we kind of, like, jump into, okay, so how can God be equally wrathful and equally loving? I think we kind of need to establish both of these distinct character traits and look at where, like, where do we find these in the Bible? So, Ella, what does the word wrath mean? So when I googled what does wrath mean, it means a strong, vengeful anger or indignation. So basically being angry. And I thought it was interesting, you know when you google a word and it shows like over the years how often it's been used on the graph thing? Oh, I had no idea that's what that graph meant. Okay, well, it does. And it's funny because in like the 1800s, the word wrath was like really high on the charts then it went way down in the 1950s. And then 2020, it's starting to go back up, which I thought was kind of funny. But anyways, not the point. Random sidebar. I didn't even... Okay, I didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Anyways. Anyway. So in Romans 1.18, um, it also talks about God's wrath. There's a ton of other verses on that, but I just kind of pulled this one out and it says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Um, This verse is kind of just demonstrating how God really does hate sin. He hates wickedness and Mm -hmm. he has a wrath and an anger towards um, the sin and wickedness. And then on the flip side of that, we see in the Bible that God loves unconditionally. So basically, I think of unconditional love. Well, first I think of the song Reckless Love. <laughs> <laughs> but then secondly, I think of loving with no strings attached. So 
I'm loving Ella not because she brought me cookies today, but I'm loving Ella because I just enjoy her as a person and God commands me to love her. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Okay. Anyway. We just get along because God commands it. That's all. Right. Yep. We don't actually like each other at all. <laughs> um, but anyway, God loving unconditionally. We see this in Romans 8, 38 through 39, which says, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen, sister. (laughs) Basically, it's really just laying out that there is absolutely nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. It is unconditional. Now, here comes our issue. So if God loves unconditionally yet we see in romans 118 that he also has wrath or this anger how can we have these two emotions one of anger and one being of unconditional love and how can they go together right yeah well god can't ignore sin because he's holy and he's perfect and he's just second thessalonians 1 6 says god is just he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and to fail to punish evil, to fail to punish our sins is an unloving act within itself because sin destroys us, it hurts us as people, and if God were to just ignore it and turn a blind eye to it, that wouldn't be loving of him to do. Also, we see in Revelation 19 where God is delivering his final wrath to the earth and just all the praise that comes with that. In that moment, we will finally be able to understand and see clearly that judgment is a good thing. And I think we still kind of see a piece of that in our world today. Like everybody wants justice, the whole social justice thing, but... We don't totally understand it because we are sinful human beings. And I just think it's crazy that we, as fallible, sinful human beings, think we have earned the right to be passionate about injustice when we get upset when God delivers justice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. Or it's like, how dare you be angry at me for sinning but yet we hate sin here on this earth too like we're striving after finding justice Mm -hmm. and i understand that in this world right now our definitions of justice are very different like we have very different sides of that right well even just like the crime fits the punishment that sort of thing like it's not the same with god like all sin whether you lie or you murder someone or whatever it may be that's all equal in God's eyes. And that's so hard for us to understand because, oh, if you tell a little white lie, it's fine. It's It might not be adultery, but whatever. You know, we have rankings of how, quote unquote, bad or good things are. So, I don't know. It's just, it's a hard concept for us to understand because our worldly idea of justice just isn't justice right and basically the whole point of that is sin can't go unpunished forever like if god is really this loving creature he can't just look at the sin 
and be like, yep, I don't see that. Because that wouldn't be perfection, which is what God is. He can't just look at that and be like, yep, you're sinning, you're doing something wrong, and I'm going to do absolutely nothing about it. That wouldn't be loving. Like, it's not loving as a parent to see your child steal something and be like, I'm just going to pretend they didn't see that. And we're just going to walk out of this door. Mm -hmm. No, like, it is the loving thing to do to teach your child, hey, you know what, that was wrong. We're going to have to walk back into the store and do the hard thing and hand that back to the cashier and apologize like that's the loving thing to do as a parent is to point out the I don't right, say like point because, out the fault in your kid, but Right. Well, you don't want your kid to grow up thinking that's fine and then they steal something and get majorly into trouble and their life is ruined. Like that can really hurt them. Right. <laughs> Wasn't necessarily my point, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like my point in that though was sin can't go unpunished forever. And it talks about that in Romans um, 3 25 through 26 because if god just disregarded sin and allowed it to just wreck havoc in creation and in this world forever then he wouldn't be loving us mm-hmm. like those two ideas conflict and that's where we can get the idea that god can be equally wrathful and equally loving because he is getting angry over sin out of love and that's really hard to wrap our human brains around because that to me like butts heads like Mm -hmm. that doesn't work in my brain however we don't understand god like i am not god thank goodness (laughs) thank goodness (laughs) i'm not god well i think another big this is kind of me going off on a rabbit trail here so disclaimer ahead of time but a big thing is like how come god just doesn't like get rid of sin you know if he's god he can do whatever he wants whatever But like we've talked about before, we went into this in our What is the Gospel episode. Like, as human beings, we are all sinful, and we have given, been given the choice of free will in our lives, and we're just naturally sinful people because we are descendants of Adam. Um, And in Psalm 51, 3 through 6, it says, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. So we see here and in many other places in the Bible that we have been sinful since birth. That is just our human nature is to be sinful. But God lovingly and graciously convicts us of that sin and he has provided a way for us to escape the punishment of sin through Jesus Christ. So that's my random little side note there. (laughs) I don't know where I was going with it, but there you go. You were talking about how God can't just like make all sin go away. Mm-hmm. And I really like, there's a verse, I definitely don't have this one written down, but how God is patient and he's allowed us that time and that time to like forgive. Mm. To like repent of our sins. Right. And so it's not like, oh, sin entered the world and the next day God sent Jesus down. Like he's allowed us time to he has given us opportunity after opportunity to repent of our sins and he has lovingly given us ways to get to him through jesus christ on the cross but because it is our human nature to sin like we just keep messing it up over and over again yeah 
Also, just a pure side note, I'm not sure if you can hear that in the background. My family has decided it'd be a great idea to take apart a lawnmower and like rev it up in the background <laughs> right now. So I apologize if you can hear that. Um, it's a lawnmower. I don't know why. Oh man. Okay. So this is me backtracking a little bit to how God punishes sin and how he doesn't rank sin like we do necessarily. So one thing I want to mention is that if God is infinitely valuable, infinitely worthy, holy, then that makes all of our sin infinitely punishable. So even that teeny tiny little thought of sin, that's infinitely punishable. And so this brings me to my next point is the whole idea of penal substitution. And This is basically the idea in the Bible that Jesus suffered the penalty of mankind's sins. So when Jesus died on the cross, God poured out his wrath on Jesus. Jesus suffered the penalty of our sins. So this is what makes it work when we repent of our sins and we believe and trust in Jesus Christ's death because he bore the wrath of our sins. So So. he has already paid for it. That's why his death worked. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to pay anything for our sins and what we've done. And this was illustrated to me really well in a book I read. And we can put the book in the description, but the author illustrated it like, God is the judge or the jury or whatever. And you're sitting in a courtroom the judge is listing all these charges against you, like every sin, every thought, everything we have ever done wrong in our lives. So you're sitting here and it's like, oh my gosh, this is hopeless. I deserve death. I, because of all these things I have done in my life. And then, so God delivers the death penalty because that is what we all deserve after all these things that we have done. And then, Jesus walks into the courtroom and he says, no, I'm going to take Addie's sentence. I'm going to take your sentence and I'm going to die for you. And he doesn't just stop there. He walks up to us and he hands us his house key, his car, his job, his bank account, everything. So not only does Jesus take the penalty of our sins, but he also has prepared a place for us in heaven with him. So I think this really paints a good picture of God being wrathful and loving because God being the judge is doing what a good judge would do and giving us the sentence that we deserve and pouring out his wrath. But it also demonstrates his love because he has given us Jesus. He has given us God in the flesh to take on our sin so that we do have a way to go to heaven and to be saved and be with him for eternity. Yes. I want to also backtrack on what Ella said and really point out the part where God convicted us of all these things, like listed all these things, like, hey, this is all you've done wrong. And there's a whole list of them. And instead of just tearing up that piece of paper and being like, forgiven whoa like Mm -hmm. don't worry about it like you don't have to die anymore jesus came and someone died for us like it wasn't just like oh i ripped it up and i forgot about it that wouldn't be a just god that would not like we would look at the 
um what's the court person called oh my goodness the jury the judge the, the judge jury. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we would not look at that judge who just um listed off like five people that this guy's murdered and be like you know what i'm sure you're really sorry for it i'm sure you really think you messed up your life but i'm just gonna rip up this paper we're gonna forget it ever happened and you just go on and live your life all the world and the jury and everyone would be like oh my gosh no like he deserves death Mm -hmm. and that judge would not be a just judge if he just ripped it up and forgot it and that's the same thing with god he's like you know what i see it cool i'm not gonna just rip it up here but instead right right i'm gonna make it right you like this sin is going to be forgiven in the correct way like i'm not just gonna forget about it because a perfect god can't forget but a perfect god can forgive yeah yeah i also want to mention too with this whole illustration like yes jesus comes into that courtroom and he saves us and he gives us a good and prosperous life but you have to recognize that you have been wrong in the first place to receive this gift of eternal life Like we've mentioned before, we go into this more in our What is the Gospel episode, but you have to repent of your sins and believe in Jesus Christ and trust in him for your salvation and Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. Nothing you ever do will ever save you. Yeah, I like to look at it as sin can't be separate from the sinner except by the forgiveness available in Christ alone. So basically, I'm attached to my sin. Mm-hmm. Like my sin is just my baggage and I just throw it in my backpack and my backpack continues to get heavier. And the only way that I can lose that baggage is if I willingly give it up and take off the backpack. God just can't be like, oh, yep, here, got the backpack. No, like I have to give it up on my own free will. And in doing so, I'm giving my life over to Christ and saying, hey, I will follow you. Yeah. But there's so much of that weight that has lifted off you where I'm finally like, God, just just take the backpack. (laughs) Like, I don't want to hold this anymore. Mm -hmm. And because if we're going back to that courtroom illustration, um, Jesus could walk in and I could just be like, nope, I don't want you to take it. I don't want you to take my sin for me. I'll just just face it myself i'll face the death punishment and yeah i see a lot of people walking around life and doing that where they're not willing to give that up and give it to christ and instead they have that amazing gift of that guy standing right there in that courtroom saying i will take it for you but they're like nope i want to live my life for my own it's okay i got it i'm sure it will work out fine it doesn't like we had mentioned before we have been sinners since we were conceived in the womb so we enjoy sinning we're human beings and so a lot of times we're not willing to give up the pleasure we feel from sin to follow christ even though all sin always harms us in the long run and it never ends up good we're so blinded by these lies from satan just blinded by this world Mm -hmm. We don't even know it's good when it's standing right in front of us. When that guy walks in and is like, I'll take it. We're like, yeah, yeah no, I think, I think I'm good. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. crazy. <laughs> Anyways, um, another point that I want to hit is with God being wrathful. A lot of times we don't think about how God really does pour out his wrath. We think about hell and we think Satan's in charge. Satan tortures everybody. Satan does all that. But that's really not the case. Hell is 
a place where God is pouring out his wrath. So the whole idea of salvation is God delivering us from his own wrath against sin. And going back to that courtroom illustration, it's painted very clearly. God, the judge, is pouring out his wrath. He is giving us the punishment. But God is also Jesus because Jesus is God in the flesh. So he also saves us from his own wrath. So Romans 5, 9 says, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? And then Revelation 14, 10 says, They too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of holy angels and of the Lamb. So, I guess that's just kind of my little side note going off on a rabbit trail there of explaining that God really is in charge of wrath and he is wrathful and he is loving in providing a way out of his wrath. Okay, we see another common saying, illustration, whatever, with the whole God loves the sinner but he hates the sin. And we talk about it as if the sinner is separate from the sin, which really isn't the case. If, like we all are, because we are all human beings, we're all sinners, we are not separate from our sin. Psalm 11, verse 4 through 7 says, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. On the wicked, he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous, he loves justice, and the upright will see his face. So it's definitely uncomfortable stuff to read that and be like, oh my gosh, God hates sinners. He hates sin. But it's it's the truth because God is holy and he is just, and it's what we all deserve. But... Thankfully, God loves us enough to give us a way out of that. So as Ella was saying, with um, how we cannot be as humans separate from our sin. It's basically attached to us because we are sinful humans from the start. It's in our nature. But in Jude 1 at 23, it says, Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. And that end part, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. The idea behind that is to hate the sin, which is the stained clothing, but to not hate the sinner inside Mm -hmm. of the clothing. So it's this idea that I hate your sin, but I love you as a person. And I think that's that beautiful picture that we see God showing us is he is equally wrathful in hating that sin. He's hating that ugly, dirty garment that we are wearing. But yet he loves the person inside that garment. And he loves us enough to go wash it for us, to Mm -hmm. wash it clean and white and to give it back. And so that's, I think that's that really full, full circle 360 picture here of God hating the sin, but loving the sinner inside of the dirty clothing and together. Yeah. um, That's how we see how God is equally wrathful, but yet equally loving at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I think that also just as a, key takeaway it's so awesome that I don't have to be the one to deliver the wrath really what my job here on earth 
is, is to love and to love on people well. And we are all stained by sin, but yet can I look at that sinner and look through their dirty garment and love them as a person? That is what I'm called to do. And while I see a lot of these super big issues floating around the world right now where people are like, you know what, I don't want to go out of my way to love them because I don't agree with what they do and their actions. Okay, I see that, yes, they they are sinning and outwardly sinning. However, in the Bible, it's commanding us. It, it's commanding us to love them regardless of their sin. And you know what? We're all stained, sinful people. Mm-hmm. So my like key takeaway from learning that, you know, God is equally wrathful and equally um, loving. Like, how can I love the sinner regardless of their sin? Because that is what Christ is doing for me every single day. Yeah. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. And again, just wrapping it back to the beginning, like we see that it is loving of God to be wrathful. If you didn't understand anything we just said, just know that God is being loving by being wrathful. And God loves you. Yes. Actually, the biggest thing I want you to get from this is yes God is wrathful but he provides a way out of his wrath through Jesus Christ there we go boom mic Mic drop drop. (laughs) jinx and also I want to leave this with go read the book of Romans go read it because so many of our verses came from Romans Romans helped us so much with this it really really paints a good picture explains very well the whole idea of God's love and the idea of God's wrath. So if you want to go into this more, go read Romans. All right, guys, we are going to wrap this up before we go down four more rabbit trails. Um, But thank you so much for listening. Um, We hope you gained a little bit and go out there, love your sin-filled neighbor because you are just as sin-filled as them. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our show. As always, we'd like to remind our listeners that we're born into a broken world. With that being said, we're not perfect, and we ask our supporters to always fact-check our words and opinions on the one and only truth of the Bible. We would absolutely love to hear your episode suggestions or feedback. Check us out on Instagram by typing not me but you productions into the search bar. Thanks again for the love and support.